0: Welcome to Talent Hub Talk. I am Ben Duncan, and this is a place where prominent and inspirational figures from both the local ANZ and global Salesforce Ohana share their stories. Hello and welcome back to Talent Hub Talk. Uh, Today I am recording a quick episode just to run through the five most common questions I've had from Salesforce professionals in 2023. So my answers are very much going to relate to the ANZ Salesforce market, so Australia and New Zealand, but hopefully there's some interesting points in here for anyone that might have had any of these questions themselves. So yeah, just high level, I'll go over what what I'm being asked and give my common response to these questions, and hopefully you'll find them interesting. So the first question is, um, are there still opportunities available? I'm asked this question pretty much every single day from Salesforce professionals in ANZ. And I'm pleased to say there definitely are still opportunities available. There may be less opportunities in the market than we've seen over the last few years. Obviously, it depends on a few factors as well. And your skill set, as an example, your location, and also a couple of factors around what you're looking for in terms of salary or contract or permanent things like that. So there are quite a few variables here, but the good news is there are still opportunities out there. We are still speaking to companies that are struggling to hire Salesforce talent. I have an opportunity at the moment for a role. It's a tricky role to fill definitely, but it's been open since November last year. The company were are hiring for, for several months directly themselves and have engaged us over the last few weeks. So there are definitely companies out there that are really finding it hard to find top Salesforce talent. We are seeing a bit of hesitancy in the market from some people to move jobs, which means that although there might be a few less roles in the market than we've seen over the last few years, there's also a few less candidates that are employed but looking to move. And Obviously, we have seen some redundancies, unfortunately, in the ecosystem, but we aren't seeing a you know, a massive oversupply of Salesforce talent across the board, and there definitely are opportunities out there. One thing to bear in mind, not every role makes it onto job boards. Um, you know, not every job is advertised on Seek, although you may, when you're looking for a role, you may be looking on Seek and not seeing opportunities popping up. There is, I guess, what some people call a hidden market, in that um, recruiters and companies may engage and and um, and reach out to candidates directly before advertising a role so it's definitely important that you are you know visible online that you're connecting to people that you you have a network um, if you are looking for a role because not every job is going to land on a job board the second question have salaries dropped I don't think salaries have dropped. I, I I just think they've kind of plateaued a little bit. They've probably hit a bit of a ceiling. You know, that there, there were salary rises across the board for, for the last few years and i'd say we've kind of got to a point where where that's stabilized a little bit and we're not seeing companies increasing by 10 20 30 percent often we're seeing um hiring managers looking to replace talent on kind of the same salary or give or take a few thousand than they were paying for then they were paying for the previous person in the role so yeah we are still seeing people securing pay rises when they're moving between jobs but i definitely don't see the salaries rising and um, month on month like we, we may have seen through the the covid years so i would say they've kind of stabilized, but definitely not dropped. So, uh, we're not seeing too many people um, take a pay cut when move, moving between jobs. You know, if, if people are taking a pay cut at all, it might be for, for a reason around like moving location or extra, extra flexibility, um, things like that. But, yeah, on the whole, people are moving for at least the same or, or sometimes, or quite often more, but not necessarily as much more as, as they may have demanded um, over the last couple of years. The third question is can I still get a remote role? The Answer to this is, I guess it depends. Um, you know, we are still seeing companies hiring remote candidates. I think if you're listening to this and you're outside of Australia and New Zealand and looking for a remote role working for an Australian or New Zealand company, then it's difficult. I, I, I haven't seen that happen often. You know, we, we see obviously um, roles being offshored to uh, development teams and, and teams offshore, but not. Um, we're not seeing uh, many people being hired as like contractors or permanent employees remotely outside of ANZ. And within the the countries, we, we definitely are still seeing remote roles. We're seeing companies that are quite keen to get employees back into the office. Um, but yeah, that's not kind of across the board. There definitely are companies out there that are still happy to have remote teams or um, predominantly remote or, or at least a few days from home. So yeah, I don't think that's changing too much. Um I suspect that'll kind of continue to be the way that things are for um the foreseeable. Um I don't see um too many companies going back on their policies around um, you know, having flexibility because I think that's a, a big risk to companies of potentially losing staff who have become accustomed to uh, to having more flexibility in their work and having a better work-life balance. We are seeing some companies definitely um, looking to go back on that, but not across the board. And I would say that's the exception, I guess, rather than the rule. So, uh, so yeah, I wouldn't worry too much that uh, every job is now going to demand people be back in the office. Um, and I, I definitely think you can still pick up a remote role if, um, if you had good Salesforce experience, good skills, good communication skills, things like that. Obviously, a track record of delivering in a Salesforce role that will definitely help. And um, yeah, you should definitely keep an eye out on on roles in other states and locations within your country if you are preferring that kind of model because uh, companies are still open to that. Are there still roles for junior candidates? That's the next question I get asked a lot you know we are seeing a lot of people that are are still looking to break into the Salesforce ecosystem we've had numerous conversations either this even this week with people that you know have um have have just started their trailhead journey or are uh, picking it up again after um after looking at trailhead before and then going off and doing something else and now looking to come back into the Salesforce ecosystem this is a really difficult one because i think there are still opportunities out there but as i've always said you know typically companies don't come to recruiters to hire junior talent i think they they typically come to us when they're looking for a senior experienced um uh, member of, of of the team so although my gut feel is there's less opportunity right now for junior candidates um you know we, we don't always see those roles anyway although my my the first question was are there opportunities out there and i'm saying yes that there there are less opportunities and that's obviously also going to impact the opportunities at a junior end so typically you know when companies are maybe making cuts or um, their headcount isn't growing significantly, when they are hiring, they're probably going to be looking to hire experienced talent that can slot in and, and deliver straight away. On the flip side of that, obviously some companies will have tighter budgets, there potentially will be opportunities for more junior candidates to come in and, and approve themselves and, and pick up those kind of roles that maybe um, wouldn't, wouldn't have the, the salary that a, a senior candidate would demand. I really think it's um, important that anyone that is at the more junior end stays positive, does all of the things that are, are going to help them um, stand out in the market. Things we've touched on previously in on, on past podcasts around creating a brand, um, posting online about your journey, um, showcasing what you're doing, what you're building in your own time, in your own org. Um, not just purely doing trailhead badges, but really kind of thinking outside the box and and thinking of ways that you can really present yourself and, and be present online so that people can see what you're doing and and see how um, how you're you're growing and uh, and learning Salesforce skills because um, yeah it's a window of opportunity when you are posting because still not many people are doing that so although there's lots of people looking to break into the Salesforce ecosystem at a, a kind of entry level there aren't many people that are showcasing what they're doing online and um, and yeah really creating that kind of portfolio of work. That I think can really make people stand out. So, Are there still roles for junior candidates? I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to say that there's less roles across the board. Therefore, there's going to be less roles for junior candidates as well. But uh, yes, yeah, keep doing the things that you can do to put yourself out there and, and be the person that does show up and, and is given the opportunity when a role comes up. The final question is, can I get visa sponsorship for a Salesforce role and move to ANZ? This is, uh, this is, you know, a a common question we're, we're asked all the time from people overseas that want to make a a career and build a life in Australia or New Zealand. You know, I think the volume of, um, sponsorship opportunities has, has kind of really decreased over the last few years. Obviously COVID uh, meant that people couldn't come into the country for, for periods of time, which made that difficult, but the, the costs are, um, relatively considerable for, for companies to sponsor candidates. Um, obviously the time scales are a little bit unknown. And for some visas, so given the, the chance, most companies would prefer to hire someone that's in the country right now, um, that they can meet face to face, that they can um, confidently kind of predict a start date for, and that they're not going to have significant kind of visa costs of onboarding that person as well. So, you know, the, the, the preference would always be for people that are local and able to start quickly. That being said, I have seen some um, candidates coming in on visas recently, you know, for, for like technical, um, really specific roles. We've seen some velocity skill sets come into the market from overseas. You know, the, the more senior kind of architecture roles have, have always been, um, roles that are more likely to, to, um, come with sponsorship compared to like a, an admin role, perhaps where there is more available talent in the market in ANZ. For admin roles than than architects, therefore, you know companies are kind of more willing to to sponsor those uh, architecture roles, and we have seen some some really good developers come into the market on on visas as well. But my my advice to anyone that's overseas and potentially looking to build a career and life in Australia is to really review the different options available to you from a visa perspective. So. There might be other options that are outside of the the company sponsored visa. You may qualify for permanent residency as a, as an example. There may be um, some of the the newer, more um, kind of specialised visas. Um, there, there was one in Australia. I can't remember the name of um, now, but it was um, it was aligned to industries. So um, it was for for people that had experience in fintech, as an example, were able to apply for a permanent residency sponsor without a company sponsorship. And that's something that we've seen people um, go through the process for and, and achieve quite quickly in the past as well. So, yeah, I think uh, it's really around doing your research, making sure that you know what options are available to you um, and, and not just relying on that company sponsorship option, which I think is is hard to come by for a lot of skill sets. And, um, and yeah, many companies are definitely not preferring to go down that route right now. So they are the five questions that I've been asked the most commonly, the most frequently in 2023. Always open to answering any questions you have. If any that you have are outside of the ones I've answered today, I'd love to hear from you and I'm happy to, to answer them. Uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn, reach out on email, and always willing to have a chat. I hope you found this uh, of interest and uh, valuable. If you do, please keep subscribing and keep listening. We've got some uh, some great other guests lined up and uh, we're fast approaching our 200th episode. So for everyone that's, uh, that's been a listener through, through that period of time, thanks so much. We really appreciate it and we look forward to creating more episodes for you soon. So that's a wrap for this week's episode and thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the chat. And if you did, please make sure you have subscribed for future episodes that are coming through. I would also be very grateful if you would consider leaving a review on your chosen podcast platform as five-star reviews will help us to reach more trailblazers from across the world. I look forward to sharing another episode with you soon and thanks again.